Before you get into our podcast, we want you to know our purpose in creating this series. Our purpose is to give students a voice in topics affecting us. We know that our school is not the only one experiencing problems. Our stories are just an example of what millions of students across the country are dealing with. As high school students, we care about our school and we hope that our work will provoke important conversations and make change. Right. Who am I standing here with? Uh, Milo. Rosin. Uh, my name is Freddie Domeyer. Henry Johnson. Peter Lloyd. Peter Lloyd. Well, what's your job here? Dean, South High School, 11th grade. So I'm assuming you know just about as much as anyone about the redistricting, right? No. <laughs> uh, do you know about the redistricting and the stuff that's going on? Um, yeah, a little bit. I know about the, um, I used to be in dance last year. I know about the redistricting. That's yeah. like the entire reason I'm not in it anymore. Right. But I'm not really caught up to it, so no. Do you, do you know about everything that's being taken away? Do you want me to tell you about it? Tell me about it. South High School has been experiencing a transition with the implementation of the Minneapolis Public Schools Comprehensive District Redesign, otherwise known as the CDD. The ongoing redesign is resulting in a loss of funding, programs, teachers, and a chunk of the already shrinking student population within South High School as students are sent to other schools. I'm Ezra Kaneron. I'm Tennyson Stinson. And I'm Daniel Sathen. We're seniors at South High documenting the effects of the CDD on our school and in our communities. Corbin Doty is a career and technical educator who has been teaching Photoshop and design at South High School for the last nine years. Moving all of the career and tech ed classes to a new tech center that's going to be built not, uh, it's going to be located at North High, but it's not part of North High. The Career and Technical Education Center, commonly referred to as the CTE building, is being built near North High School. It is estimated to cost the budget about $56 million. How do you feel about that decision? Uh, I don't feel good about it because stability is what makes schools strong. I feel like in general, it's gonna shrink opportunity a lot, especially if you're from uh, Roosevelt or South to make that commute. If your first hour class starts at 8.30 and it's over by, over by North High, that's a really long ways to go. All right, who am I standing here with? Uh, you standing with Adam, Omar Adam, the, the, the goat. The goat. The goat. Are you in any after-school clubs? Can you tell me about some of the stuff we got going on here? We have Shekia Shah, basically in Somali means tea and like conversations. We got ASA, we got NSA. Basically all the after-school clubs, yeah. right? I basically want to, I'm with community. That's so. incredible. I'm glad I'm getting to talk to you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, do you know about the redistricting and the stuff that's going on? Not really. So the redistricting meaning that uh, there's significantly less kids coming here because of they, they changed like the borders for stuff, right? Really? When we came here, there was uh, 600 freshmen in our class. And I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot less freshmen oh, this yeah. year. Oh yeah, I believe there's like 200 kids that just yeah. gone. Nothing, gone. That's all because so, of redistricting. So we lose a lot of funding, right? Dance yeah. teacher got cut. Band teacher got cut. Dodie's Dodie's about get, to leave too. Dodie's about to leave, yeah. No so his way. classes are about to leave. We got English teachers getting cut. We got whole all that shit leaving. And so I'm here to ask you, what do you think that's going to do to the students? Honestly, it's going to take the diversity out of South. We have so many different ethnicity groups, and then we're a community in and of itself. Yeah. Like, this duh, this redistricting is going to, like, shit, man, it's going to take what we are special for. And what other school are you going to see? Look look there and sit at a table and see a white kid, a Mexican kid, a native kid, and a Somali kid, you know? Bro, like, you won't. You it's won't. not going to happen anywhere. It's not going to happen anywhere. Yeah. So, honestly, I'm, I'm against it. In theory, the district redesign was put in place to promote equity and equality between Minneapolis public schools. However, many students, families, and even school board members believe that the redesign has failed to achieve their goals, and if anything, accentuated the problems they hope to fix. 
So you said that it's meant to affect all students equally, right? It's meant yeah. to it's meant to improve equity. Do you feel like from what you've seen that it achieves that? From what I would say, um, you know, I think the effects are still very much to be seeing. Jake Wesson is a junior at Washburn High School, as well as one of two student representatives for the Board of Education. We asked his thoughts about the CDD as someone now involved with the board. It's uprooted a lot of stuff. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, and I think it's very still up in the air. I think later on as the CDD progresses, I think we'll see more and more if it actually accomplishes its goal and if it doesn't. I'm not sure if you guys saw like some financial concerns, enrollment declines, it's going to be a next, a very interesting next few years. Who am I, who am I sitting with? Uh, Lucas Valencia. And what school do you go to, Lucas? I'm at Washburn. South and Washburn are schools that are geographically very close to one another, yet pull from very different areas. Despite their close proximity, there appears to be drastic inequalities between the two. Is there, is there a lot of stuff going on? Yeah, we, we got a lot of clubs, a lot of arts, a lot of um, like Asian Student Union stuff and Black Student Union and uh, like a lot of opportunities. How important do you think those resources are to the school? I think it's very important. I, I don't think I know many people who aren't in a club at Washburn. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is like involved in some way. I feel like it's kind of the opposite itself. Like there's a lot of people who kind of just go to school and go home. <laughs> do you feel like Washburn is well funded? Do you feel like you guys get the funding that you need to get the things done that you need to do? I, I definitely think we are in certain aspects. I mean, there's other aspects where we're not funded at all. Like our arts department um, doesn't receive much funding. Luckily, we're able to like do a lot of fundraising. We have enough, a strong enough like parent community that's willing to donate so we can put on like musicals yeah we got like four a year in a, in a damn you got four musicals a year yeah all minneapolis public schools are given very little funding for the after school performing arts however schools in wealthier communities such as washburn have a far easier time fundraising and filling in the gaps so that students can have access to these enriching experiences uh how big of a deal do you think it would be like what do you think would happen to students and and everything around students if those resources were gone man i'm not sure State legislators make incredibly important decisions on the matter of public school funding. We reached out to Jim Daphne, a local lawmaker on the Education Committee, to help us understand what's happening. So I'm State Representative Jim Daphne. I am a State Rep Representative, but the last four years I chaired the Education Finance Committee in the Minnesota House. How does our district get the money from the state? Every student comes in, think of a backpack, they come in with a certain amount of money, the general education formula in that backpack. If they're eligible for special education services, those services cost extra. We give a little additional money to help with that. The challenge that we tried to struggle with this spring is we don't fund those programs fully. That creates what we talk about in education as a cross-subsidy. So remember that general education formula, that's supposed to pay for kind of everything. Toilet paper in the bathrooms, lights, teacher salaries, you name it. Schools have to take some of that money and bring it over to help fund special education. Minnesota school districts run a $700 million deficit to deliver these programs. We don't fund school districts, we don't fund school buildings. Our funding formula is based on students. The challenge with education funding is the costs don't always go down at the same rate that the revenue goes down. As enrollment declines, schools are no longer getting the funding for students who left. By losing programs, the school becomes less desirable and fewer parents choose it for their children. It becomes a vicious cycle. We don't want to pit regular education students against special education. The first thing to remember is most special education students 
our general education students too. When the programs get cut, when the class sizes go up, everybody experiences that. In 2004, an interesting study was done on the funding of statewide schools. The hypothesis was that there is enough funding, but it wasn't being used efficiently. Districts were paired up demographically, and spending was compared to standardized testing results. This group of researchers said Minneapolis is unique amongst all the districts in the state. And they said what Minneapolis needs is 70% more funding, 70% more funding than what it gets now to accomplish the goals that we as the state have identified for it. That's a tremendous increase, 70%. And that study, once they said that, got set to the side and never saw daylight uh, again. Wow. So we identified a problem, we identified a solution, but we never went through with it. Mm -hmm. I would get emails from folks saying, can't you just pass a law to get Minneapolis more money? And the, the difficult answer to that is not if it's only gonna go to Minneapolis. Each student comes to school with a backpack of funding that's intended to put them through their education. Over time, that backpack has been getting lighter and lighter, creating obstacles between students and their futures. Equality on paper doesn't necessarily translate to equality in real life, especially when there are communities that need 70% more than the others. And so I've been, I've been like sounding the alarm about this for years, and everyone's kind of just been like, yeah, it's not really going to happen, or that sounds too crazy, they can't do that. They can and they will, and they're doing it right now. This podcast is brought to you by South High Voices, an innovative class on the power of values, options, issues, and choices explored in society.